What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. You, This is still human. I am so excited to get to be with my fabulous, amazing podcast partner, podcast, podcast partner, easy for me to say, Kathy Keegan. We started this podcast because we were both in these crazy big masterminds, but there were lots of things that nobody bothered to tell us that we wish we had known. And then we kept thinking, oh my God, I want to share this so that people don't have to go through the shame and feeling alone or the compare despair. So that was one of the reasons we started this podcast and because we love to talk to each other and laugh. So if you're still human and if you're human and you feel like you are stuck somewhere, you're in the right place. Or if you just want to laugh or if you want to learn, because Kathy is one of the smartest people I've ever known. She's always reading books. She is a career reimagined revisionist coach, something like that. <laughs> I this is my rented tongue today. So uh, maybe I should let you talk for a minute. <laughs> um, I'm a coast. Uh, no, no, I'm a coach. Okay, good. <laughs> no, but <laughs> anyway, I just what I wanted to say as you were saying that, and I probably said it before, but you know, when somebody says to you, "Let it go." Unless you're holding on to an actual object, letting go is the outcome of a process. And so that's the thing that we're telling you is that a lot of times you get into these big things that you've paid a ton of money for and people are talking about concepts that actually take time to get there in order to achieve. But you're hearing them as though, okay, I'll just let it go right now. Well, uh, your brain has a lot of other things it's thinking about. But I am, you know, it's for me, it's all about career revision with a capital V and taking a look at how we work, the way we work, where we work, why we work, all of those things so that you can make a decision to stay where you are or go somewhere else doing something similar or perhaps something totally different. You know, really, it really depends. But I love helping people sort of start to reimagine what that's going to look like. Because oftentimes, that. yeah, we don't give ourselves uh, the, the leeway to do that, especially people who are still holding on to the very tail end of the depression, you know, the, the original Great Depression. I know we've had another one since, um, but there is a sense of, you know, work as a means to an end. And so, you know, we're here to say that you can also enjoy what you're doing and you right. can take that, take that with you into the workplace. And but I love that because I think so many people are afraid. They're so afraid to even think about what if I hate what I'm doing and I don't even know where to go with this, right? Well, and the stakes are high. The stakes feel high unless you have an ability to mitigate them because oftentimes what you're doing is the people you're going to are your stakeholders if we want to use the, the sort of very um uh, I don't know, big words i want to use big words today 
but they all have a stake in the decision that you make and the thing that you do. So if you start going, well, I'm really tired of this, I think I'm going to quit. Everyone around you who's got a vested interest in you as their manager, you as a colleague, you as a spouse, um, all of that, are, they're going to be like, um, <laughs> I have an opinion on that. And right. so that's why you use a coach, but, you know, because we're neutral about it. You know, we're, we're, we're there to support you, but we don't have a stake in, in sort of, there's not, a, there's not a bias towards what you're doing. Right. You know, like you, when you're working with people, Elaine, you're just pouring this energy toward them and helping them find their best self and be their best self on camera. Yeah. Or in, or in life. Like I'm, I never thought I'd be coaching. I'm coaching people about sales, which cracks me up, but you know, it's just having deeper conversations and listening and you know, letting the conversation guide you to what this person needs. But, you know, I want, one thing you said that you dropped a lot of pearls there, Kathy. And I know I love your mission, which is to end needless workplace suffering. I love that because that could mean you're in a big fancy office building in New York City. Or that could mean you're working for yourself and your boss is really a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, give me lots of things. But you said something that I thought was so great. You said letting go is the end of a process. You know, I got to tell you, when I was newly sober in New York, I was so angry. Like, I moved to New York City, got sober at the same time, which I would never recommend. And people kept saying in the meetings, oh, just let it go. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, it just, I, I, if I knew how to do that, I would, you know, and... <laughs> 21 years later, I'm a little bit better at it, but yeah, it, it's a process. And, and to me, true masters can distinguish things and go, Oh, I'm going to let that go. You know, like that, it is a process and, and it's an, an emotional release, a mental release. It's it, yeah. It's a whole yeah. combination of things. And I think to so. fill in the blank on that is it, you start by acknowledging what it is and seeing it for what it is. You know, and you 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 see it, you acknowledge it, and then you see what happens. Maybe it goes off and it's happy. Maybe it was just like a little kid that just wanted you to pay attention to something. Right. But maybe it's more, and maybe you have to dig a little bit deeper, and maybe you have to write about it, and maybe you have to get a little more perspective on it. Right. You might you might seek out a therapist if it's something really really big to you know there's a modality for that which is awesome because there's so many ways that we can be supported in our lives coaching mm. mentoring um you know they're just uh, therapy it's really amazing there's just there's a lot massage oh, yeah, there's whoa. so many wonderful Yoga. things well and that is a fabulous segue to what I would like to talk about today, I would like to pay homage to uh, Sylvia Hofstein for a minute. She was this amazing woman. And, um, you know, to me, there's so many lessons that I'm working on a, a movie script about this. Um, but, you know, I said, yeah. my friend was like, I'm trying to go out of town. Can you help me? I have this part-time gig where I go make this lady lunch and I make her tea and I just hang out with her. And I was like, okay. So I said yes as a favor to my friend. 
And so I go over to this lady's house. She was 86 at the time, I think. And it's just, she lives in her daughter's house, like on a side wing in this big, beautiful house in Montclair. And she was like, hello. Like she was not. <laughs> and she would, you know, and her daughter was very nice. And, you know, and she said, you just you make the tea. Blah, blah. And I kept thinking, do they know that I can't really cook? Oh, shit. You know, so, <laughs> so I would, you know, make her tea and then. I made her pasta and I was terrified because I had never really made pasta before. I grew up in restaurants and I didn't really, you know, when you're dieting all the time, you don't eat pasta. So anyway, so then she would be like, you can leave. I don't really need you here. You can leave. And so I would be texting anyway. So we went from like that and then slowly she got used to me. And then, you know, <clears throat> my duties kept expanding. And then during COVID I was, you know, I became her only sort of hangout person. And I just learned so much from this woman. I called her my original gangster. And, you know, she was uh, working. She got married when she was 18, got, had her first baby when she was 20. And she was working her way through college at night while she was raising three young kids and married to a husband who was supportive, but he like, he did not do the cooking or the cleaning. So she was doing everything and she did it and she did it. And so she passed last Friday. And even though I feel relief for her, cause I know she was suffering, I'm still really sad, but also inspired. So I got to go to her zoom funeral last night and there were over a hundred people there. I mean, it was maxed out people from all across the country, like relatives, but friends, friends of friends and the overwhelming, like, it was like, people were like, I was really losing it. And she said, I believe in you. She kept saying, you can do it. Like she was so encouraging, especially young women. And, um, you know, I just, I was so moved by the outpourings of stories about her and how she was so loving as a mother while she, I would have been a crazy mother. Like she sounds like she was so loving and nurturing while she was doing all that other stuff, but that she also really gave to other people too. So, and she was a scientist, like she got her PhD. She made more money than her husband did in the seventies. Like, so, you know, she, I call her my original gangster and I'm just so grateful, Kathy. And I know I would call you when I was over there. And she used to say, you don't need a man. You don't need a man, which was so refreshing because that was completely <laughs> opposite of the conditioning I got growing up. My, you know, my stepmother used to say, you better marry a rich man. You're never going to be able to take care of yourself. You know, and that really imprints in you when you're young and impressionable. Yeah. And so it was just such a gift and such a joy to see the impact, the ripples of a life well lived, you know, and um, oh. I'm so grateful for the time that we had. I, you know, I remember you calling me on a number of different occasions and the relationship you guys had was something special. And it is another example of love, of seeing someone for who they are and holding them in high esteem and and wanting the very very best 
I, it was like a comedy routine. I used to love it <laughs> because you'd say, hey, Sylvia, Kathy's on the phone. Say hi. And of course, she was always game to do that. You made her life so you, you added so much richness to her life. And you could tell that she just loved it. She was having fun. And I, I'm just so thank you so much for bringing her up and and for talking about her and paying her homage because she really was extraordinary. And so are you. A lot of what you were saying is you were saying it. I'm like, but that's Elaine, too. That's Aww. Elaine, too. And I think that's something you know, there's really something about when someone pours pours their heart into what they're doing because it comes from a place of who they are what they stand for and what they want in life. You know, the person who is very clear on this is who I am, this is what matters to me, like you are, that's what ends up being given and shared with other people. It's it's very different from someone has a different thing of like, I got to get 80 clients. That's not to say that as business owners, we don't have goals that we want to stretch towards. That we want to say, I, want to, I would like to be working with this many people in this period of time. But if your goal behind the goal, and for yours is, I, I never remember it, it, it fully because it's a, it's a big one. It's, it's you know, creating understanding with people and helping them see the joy in their lives and in themselves. But I think you have an even better way of putting it. Well, I, I love what you just said, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to help heal the world with love and laughter, one joke, one story at a time. <laughs> yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. And when you are conscious of that being the goal, then that's what you're always working toward. And so it's a different kind of approach to business because you're coming at it from a sense of service. Yeah. You know, well, and it's I just, just really beautiful. Oh, thank you. You know, I, and I'm so glad you got to be a part of that, you know, and. I love trying to make Sylvia laugh and she would be on the phone with her sister and she'd be like, you got to get a comedian. You got to just get a comedian. Cause you know, and there were some days I could tell she, she'd be, she'd be like, I just want to be quiet. And I'd be like, okay, like Elaine, rein it in, rein it in, you know? But yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun. We went on adventures. We went to see flowers. I took her to the gardens. We went to farmer's markets. We, you know, and, and she was very, she was a tough crowd. Like she was tough. And, um, so like I had to get better with the remote because like if, if I was fumbling with the remote, she'd be like, I don't want to watch a movie any, anymore. Like, you know, so you had to like, <laughs> you had to, I'd be like, you stay in there. Let me get the TV going, you know? But one time I, I, we were hanging out, just the two of us and we watched two movies in a row, which was like a breakthrough, you know? But it was it was something that interests her, Norman Lear, and you know. But yeah, um, yeah, I just I'm so I learned so much from her, and I'm I'm so grateful for the time. And and I gotta say, like I, you know, I kept thinking, Elaine, if you died, would there be a hundred people coming to your funeral? And I can't imagine that there would be. Like I'm, you know, I get like my friends love me and my family loves me. But, you know, it's just an interesting thing to think about. I've never thought about what kind of funeral, if I have a funeral, who would come, you know. It's you know, and doing, doing, doing like a seating chart, 
um, <laughs> all that kind of thing. I just want to let you know, I would totally come to your funeral. Oh, okay. Would you? Well, I would totally come to yours. Because so. <laughs> I think, and then, and then I'm like, like laughing, like Elaine, you're so egotistical. You're so self-absorbed. This woman just passed this beautiful thing, and you're like comparing. Like, well, who, how many people do you think would cut? Like, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. But that's our brain. Isn't it fabulous? I mean, it's really kind of funny when you think of the things that come to your mind and you're, you're sort of like, that, did that really come up? I think I've shared when I was diagnosed with cancer. And by the way, I just got another clean bill of health. So yes. another year, fantastic, 11, 11 years out. And um, but my first reaction was when they when he said, yeah, you're going to need radiation and chemo. Ugh. And my first reaction inside my head was, oh, shoot, I'm going to lose my hair. And well, then the next thought was, that's your first thought. You're, getting, <laughs> you're diagnosed with this life changing thing. And that's all you can think about. Like, what about living? Maybe, you know, and that was really, and then the third, the third thought came through and that said, you know, whatever it takes, we'll do whatever it takes. So it's, it's interesting. These moments of clarity, it's like these three stages getting you to actual clarity on, Oh no, I want to live. I want to be part of life. I will do whatever it takes. And then everything went to a blur. Um, you know, there's not a lot I'm of remember. Sure. Yeah, Doug just kind of grabbed me by the hand and we just did the next thing. That's like about all. I, my my time frame went from where you see yourself in five years to like, where do I see myself tomorrow or five minutes from now? You know, it was really, it was really life changing. And and in our brains, though, the things that, that go, I mean, there were people who were like, when I was on chemo, they're like, did you lose weight? I was going to say. <laughs> And the thing is, is and, and and again, you could be critical of that, except that I remember I had this flu. It's why I get a flu shot every year, because I had the real flu when I was 30. And I was like, oh, my God, you could you could die from this. Like there's you know, I had a temperature. That's the only other time I've had a temperature in my life. I don't get temperatures. It was 104. And um, and but one of the first things that I really felt proud about was that I lost 20 pounds. From the flu or from cancer? From the flu. Okay. And so that was really sort of like, wow. So I have a thing where illness becomes a way of losing weight. Mm. And so, and then with cancer, you, you're not even thinking about that because the fact is you just kind of can't eat. You know, there's a, there's, it's interesting when people tell you they can't eat hot food because it really burns inside their mouth. I never fully believed it. I thought it was like, oh, you just don't prefer hot food. I get that. You know, you right. don't prefer it, so we honor that wish. But there was a time where if I even got a tiny granule of pepper, black pepper, it was the whole inside of my mouth just exploded. And then wow. I was like, oh, my God, this is physical for some people. Now I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, you really and, and you learn a lot of things by being in a situation where you're living in New York City. You want to go to work because you want to be in life. You want to be part of, you don't want to be in the cancer world. And I can remember having to walk slowly in New York. Oh, God. <laughs> Nobody watches where they're going. It's crazy, and, right? And again, just that, you know, I'd say I'd make sure I stood on the right side of the escalator going down because I couldn't walk down because I was nauseated. And 
you know, but and I wasn't trying to be a hero about it. I was able to do it and I wanted to do it and I wanted to be there. Um, but I had a whole new perspective on people who can't walk that fast. Like I was going as fast as I could. And that made me more sensitive to the people who were a little slow getting off the train, who weren't doing things mentally, you know, the way I thought they should. Um, so it, it is kind of interesting how you get these perspectives <laughs> on things. Yeah. No, I remember when my mother would come visit me in Manhattan and it was like the first few times it was really fun and I was pumped up and, but it was, I realized like, this is kind of a two person job because she's handicapped. She cannot see well and she's a recovering you know from a stroke so she she walks with a walker and you know and it was just i remember i <laughs> hail the cab and i'd be like we're gonna take a minute i'm gonna tip you just calm down you know and like but i oh, remember right, cause, like because you're not going far enough it's like i'm not or, taking you there it's like <laughs> or it's gonna take us a minute to get in and out so i'd have to like pull her out of the cab and you know, and I remember somebody making a comment about how slow I was going in Whole Foods and he didn't see her. And then he made a comment and then he saw her and you could felt, tell he felt bad. And this was like, it's okay, whatever. But yeah, wow, compassion. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'm once a bulimic, always a bulimic. Like the first time, um, you know, when you said your thought, my thought would have been, oh, am I going to lose weight? Like, cause that's always been, such we're trained, a, we're trained. Yeah. It's, it, it is definitely, it's definitely in our brains that, that has, <clears throat> that message has been pounded into, I'd say women's brains, probably men now too, but, um, it was pounded in our brains. We were evaluated all the time, whether people consciously knew it or not, we were, we were evaluated constantly. And so we started to do that to ourselves. And, and a lot of life today is unwinding that and it gets a lot easier, but it still, it still creeps in, right. you know, and, and especially once you, you know, start reaching a certain age where you're like, I still like to eat the same amount of food that I ate when I was 20 and your body's <laughs> saying, um, no, no, that's <laughs> no, that, we don't agree. We don't agree. And, and so having to make changes like that over the years too, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> Yep. It's oh so, my God. It is, it is not for the faint of heart. Sylvie and I used to talk about that. Yeah, getting older. Woo! Shit, yeah. your mother didn't warn you about. Right. So, um, well, Kathy, I'd love to ask you, like, what what is the trend you're seeing with your clients these days? What's happening? Where, you know. Well, so one of the things that's happening that they're talking about but hasn't really materialized is something called the great resignation. And sometimes when you talk about something, you can kind of make it happen, right? There are a lot of people right now who are really re, you know, they're looking at their careers. They're looking at what they're doing and a year and a half of working from home and all that you had to manage from that and being able to succeed working from home has changed people's attitudes about what they want from work. Um, there's a wonderful author, I've talked about her here before, Priya Parker. She wrote a great book called The Art of Gathering. And what I love about her, she just published an op-ed in the New York Times, I think it was. And it's sort of when and how shall we gather? Because every gathering, whether you're going to school, 
whether you're having an online meeting or a Zoom funeral, and I've been to one, and it's really remarkable, isn't it? You wouldn't have thought that. If someone said Zoom funeral to you like two years ago, it would have been like- It was so moving. It was so moving. Yeah. yeah. And so when and how do we gather? And what is the gathering like? And so it's important now to really be having conversations and and management needs to listen you can't just say all right everybody come into the office on october 3rd um have a conversation about how you arrived there and be sure that you're talking to a you know a wide group of people in your firm so that you understand and that you can understand what some of the challenges are people right. aren't trying to always get away with stuff you have maybe one person in the crowd who's trying to get away with murder most everybody else is just trying to do the right thing. You know, they're trying to do the right thing, but if you engage them in conversation, then you can say, then you can come up with something. But I know that when I was in leadership position, that people have an attitude that if you're left alone to your own devices, that you'll do the worst thing. You know, that you, and, and that isn't always true. And if you're a leader and you say you have bad employees, guess what, your fault. It's on you, right? And and so it's nothing that a good conversation can't begin to solve. You know, so I, I would say right now, because people are at these sort of crossroads of their careers or decision point, maybe, you know, they're they're really looking and evaluating and they want their work to matter more. I, I really right. believe that, um, that if we could value the work that everybody does, regardless of what the work is and our opinion of the work, that would change things dramatically right away. Just an attitude shift, you know, in valuing the role of every single person in acknowledgement. Yeah, because we get we get you know you have an org an organizational chart, right? An org chart, and that shows a hierarchy, but unfortunately, we add to that not just the layout of how management works and who reports to who, which is good, you wanna have some kind of organization. What we layer into that is judgment about rank and how high or low you are and what that means about you as a person. And you want, you want people at every single level to love what they're doing. And there are people at every single level who do and right. appreciate them for that. Don't say right. it's not rocket science. Shut up about that. If you're not a rocket scientist, it isn't rocket science. <laughs> I just finished that book. I just finished that book, Hidden Figures. Oh my God, that was rocket science. That was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So cool. Hidden Figures. Oh. Hidden Figures. So many stories. So many stories we need to tell. So, yeah, I just, yeah. you know, I got to do a live event last week. And it was so much fun. We wanted to do like a different take, not the traditional networking. Hi, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, and so we, we, I did some comedy to loosen everybody up. And then we all went around and introduced ourselves and talked about like what we're up to and, and what, you know, like some fears. And we talked about finances and it was so mm. cool and it was so real. And there were all kinds of people from all different spectrums and, um, and it was like my makeup lady came who's just phenomenal and she's in her thirties and she was like, it's really hard to juggle as a young mom. And it was so great because there were women in their sixties that were like giving her advice. And it just, 
I can't wait to do another one, Kathy. It was so fun. It was like this cohort cohort of beautiful women and their wisdom. And, um, and we talked about, you know, the conditioning we have about money and how we're not mm-hmm. really supposed to talk about it or, you know, all the different things. And, you know, it's so crazy, right? It's like, it's on this pedestal. We want, we want to be ambitious. We want to be successful. But who are the bad guys in the movies? Usually the rich villains a lot of times, <laughs> right? Like, so it, it's no wonder. It's just like sex, sex. We use sex to sell hamburgers and, and football and beer and cars. But then the messages we give kids is don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it at school. Don't talk. Don't, you know, don't wait. And then, but right. it's like, but it's bombarding us. Like it's bombarding us. And you know, the, the brain's main job is not to think the brain's main job is to regulate your very complex operating system. And so you can tell them until you are blue in the face, but what's going to happen is they're going to see that ad and their body is going to take over. That's it. So think about that, you know, when you're advertising and all that kind of stuff. I feel very soapboxy today, but I, you know, I also wanted to, I, I, I feel like that stern, like, get off of my lawn. <laughs> I'm, having up, a, I'm having a get off of my lawn moment. What I wanted to point out is that what you talked about with the gathering you had last week, you created a gathering, you created a space, you created conditions that allowed people to really shine through as who they are. And that's the art of gathering. That's what you did. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it, was, and, it was a it was a group effort, but it was right. Yeah, and that's was, and and so and so this is what we are capable of. We are capable of having gatherings that have meaning. And again, it doesn't all have to have like the deepest meaning in the world. I'm not saying that, but have a purpose. If the purpose is to have fun, what are the fun things that you're going to do? You know, when you're there, you know, if you think about those kinds of things ahead, right? Of time, right? So love I think it. that's love beautiful. It, love it. Okay, I have a question for you, Kathy. Soapbox, Kathy Keegan. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, so, what have you been doing, like Culture Corner? Have you been anywhere? Are you watching anything cool? Well, you know, did we you do went the Van Gogh thing. We d- haven't done that. You know, we I we did go to a number of outdoor concerts at Millennium Park here in oh, Chicago. Cool. Yeah, and they were beautiful. And the conductor, who's actually back in Portland now, he conducts here during the summer, was just fantastic. So he would, before he began the program, he'd talk about the pieces that they were playing and a little give you a little story about the pieces they were playing, which is just so nice. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite yeah. part. Like, I want to know the story behind the song or whatever. He does that every concert. So we went to about maybe three or four, and my husband and father-in-law went together to one or two, to just the two of them. And it was fun, and it was outdoors, and so it has all of the things you might expect an outdoor concert will have, which is fire engines, people who have motorcycles that are very loud, um, <laughs> helicopters, airplanes, and so instead of getting upset about that, I would say, all right, how can I incorporate this into the music? Like, 
<laughs> is there a plain sound that I can really incorporate into this Mozart piece? And you would be surprised. <laughs> um, but it's also, you know, all the dynamics of people being near each other again, both the positives and the negatives, like people being really, really helpful. And then people being <laughs> just like, you know, the people who sit behind you and they're opening their candy down below where they can't hear it, but it's right in your ear where you can hear it. Oh. <laughs> so, so don't open everything up before the concert starts, because that's the one thing that that almost got me. That almost got me going. It's just like you hear it crinkle, 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 crinkle. And it's like, you can't hear it, but I can. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, you know, it's humans being humans, but the music was gorgeous. Just, we heard some beautiful, beautiful music. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? So, so awesome. You've, you've well, had a I very was, busy summer. You were on vacation. I know. I was away. I was away. And then I, things kept happening with my car and where we were staying. So it was like this extended thing, um, <clears throat> getting to be in nature was just so beautiful and I'm really trying to incorporate that more if I'm you know if I've been working all day of like at least getting out uh in the evening for a little, little bit but I was going to share um you know I love having my spin bike I love it because I can catch up on things and I've been watching Monty Python the the documentary on Netflix so good and I just you know it's so brilliant and I've always like enjoyed them, but I didn't always totally understand them. So this has been great for me as a comedian because they're breaking it down and they're talking about how they worked. So I'm fascinated. But another thing I, I just wanted to put out for the listeners, um, you know, my, my, my soapbox of the day is like, you know, it's really important what you're reading or watching before you go to sleep at night. And, you know, and I, you know, how like, you know that, but sometimes I like true crime and, but anyway, so I fell asleep watching Monty Python the other night and I went to sleep laughing and I woke up laughing and I had really <laughs> fun dreams. And so a part of me is like, why don't I do this more often? Like, you know, like it, it is, we are suggestible, like whatever you're watching is going to affect you maybe more than you realize. And so mm. as much as I love my favorite murder, I love those chicks. I was really getting into true crime a little too much for me because, you know, I just started to be like, what, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, that's going to be, you know, just lessen that a little bit and bump up my comedy. But it was, it's been so much fun watching that and learning the ins and outs. And I almost want to go back and see it again because they're dropping so many great pearls of how they work together and the dynamics and the personality and, um, right. You know, and you realize that they didn't all necessarily get along. No, you know, because, and that's what I loved about it was sort of that the group dynamics that they still created this hilarious stuff and they were sort of well these guys went to this school so they came out of this comedy sort of genre and these guys came out of this one and yet they came together and created something fantastic yeah you know it's and, it's yeah it's it's really yeah. i, I want to watch that again and thank you so much for that great that's our that's our tip of the year 
curate what you are listening to, watching, or reading um, before you go to bed. Especially, yeah. You know, and we were talking last night uh, about mindset. And, you know, our, our brains are so brilliant. So instead of, you know, thinking, you know, giving your subconscious something to chew on at night, like, how can I do blah, 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 you know, like, our brains are so smart. So it's good to be reminded of that. Yeah, Kathy, this has been so much fun. Thank you for letting me go on about Sylvia, because you know, she was just such a special, special person and special place in my heart. And I'm so glad you got to be a part of us. Yes, you know, and um, so if people want to know more about you or your fabulous coaching, I know you're also an amazing speaker. You're funny and you you're you know, your background in HR and wealth management and resiliency. Where do they what do they do? Well, right now, um, you can find an unusually large picture of me on my website because I've been doing my website by myself. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I um, so that's on Kathy And um, but there's also other there are other things there. There's a really cool assessment that I created. And the answers to the questions are as follows. Grr, meh, okay, yes. And so if you're interested <laughs> in doing that, go to my website and click there and you can take that and it'll give you a nice sense of where you feel you are in terms of your career. But I call it career revision and revision with a capital V because it it makes sense to look at that. It makes sense to take, to take stock. So that's the best place to find me is there. Um, Elaine, how do people find you? I mean, besides well, online, you have quite a presence online, but well, thank you. We're, we're working on that too. work in progress, you know, and I say that to anybody who's, um, building a business, you know, it's always a work in progress and, uh, have a sense of humor, but you can come. I have a really cool assessment about, are you camera ready? Ooh, so if you, um, but I am not sure if that is officially up yet now that I think about it. So I have a quiz and I, I also have an amazing confidence on camera checklist. So if you just go to captivate the crowd, both that sees captivate the crowd.com, you can find the um, super duper cool confidence on camera checklist. And then that will put you into my email funnel and then I can get you the quiz because I'm we've been working on it and it's it's a lot of fun and I just oh. always think it's good to see you know where you are where right. you want to be and you know and most people have um, fear or stuff about the camera even people who are good at it they'll say ah you know so wherever you yeah. are on the spectrum it's okay and there's yeah. hope you know, um, and the reason that Elaine and I make this distinction between the K's and the C's, it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you both order burgers, but one wants it rare and the other wants it like medium, someone's <laughs> going to suffer because they're both going to come rare or they're both going to come medium. And so <laughs> you need to know the difference between the K and the C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Kathy, it was so much fun. Oh, Elaine, always so good. I can't wait to see you in person. I know. I can't wait either. (laughs) Thanks so much for watching. Thank you. Stay, stay safe. Stay human. Remember to laugh at yourself and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you.
Bye. 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 Yay. You made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you were here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at kathykeegan.com or Elaine at captivatethecrowd.com. See you next time.